Here we are back at it again. Today we're going to talk about some dating stories. And if you didn't already know, this is Sway Podcast, which stands for So What Are You? And I'm Jessica. I'm Christine. I'm Siri. And we have a lot of stories to talk about today because it's our favorite topic, dating. (laughs) I think most people have some dating horror stories to begin with, but um, yeah, it's interesting as a an Asian woman to date, and it, we just have an extra layer of it where people are always trying to guess what we are. So yeah, it should be a good episode. I just, I think I kind of wanted to bring up that <laughs> that dating app I got like a, an ad for, and it was like mixed dating and it seems so weird to like pick and choose and filter people based off their ethnicity and I know there's always the argument like oh that's my preference but it's kind of it just feels icky and it kind of ties into that like we were talking about like fetishes but also I really really hated as a kid when people would be like oh you're so lucky you're like half white and half Korean and they're like, when I grow up, I want to have a mixed baby. And I hate that, like, designer baby, like, mentality. And I know they didn't mean it that way a lot of the times. It was like they are trying to, like, compliment me maybe in, like, a weird way. But the idea of, like, dating someone based off of their race to, like, mix, make a mixed kid that you think is ideal is, like, I don't know eugenics anyone (laughs) yeah it yeah yeah because it's usually somebody's post-racial fantasy and uh i do feel like compliments like that are never really compliments i think you're right yeah and i don't think the people like had any ill intention you know and like i've had friends say that to me in like college they're like oh like korean friends that are like man, I want to marry a white guy so I can have mixed babies like you. I'm like, oh, okay. Kind of weird, but I don't know. You're not trying to, like, make a a comment about society in general. You're just, like, being silly, and you didn't realize that's, like, a weird – kind of a weird thing to say. It's, like, a compliment in their eyes. What does that also say about how they perceive – like our parents. It's like, oh, are you calling my mom ugly? Like, excuse you. And also, have you seen me? We are not a monolith. I am a uniquely mediocre looking mixed person. Oh my God, Christine. Christine's um, so beautiful though. No, Christine is gorgeous. No, 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 no. Anyway, this is not a fishing for compliments comment. Just like, you know. I know what you're saying though, that they, they, they equate mixedness to beauty. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of those questions um, was about when mixedness became a trend or like when did you notice that mixedness became a trend? Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much to be said for that because all of these compliments and all these kinds of comments really are getting to the heart of it. It's uh, you make otherness and like brownness and blackness more accessible to people by proximity to whiteness. Right. And because most of the mm-hmm. time people are thinking about mixed equals mixed with white. And mm-hmm. yeah, in that way, I get frustrated because I think you're right, Jessica. Most people don't have like ill intent, but that makes me even more annoyed than when they don't, when I'm not like super happy about their compliment. 
because they don't even like they've never even thought about that how you know kind of eugenics sort of leaning their comments are and they've never had to think about it yeah frustrated it can be awkward and I just like a lot of times I just like don't want to kill the mood and just be like hey what you like let me let's make this a teachable moment Uh, most of the times I would have just like brushed it off and be like ha 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 (laughs) you know because I love my friends and it's not like they're I I know them as uh, more than just like that comment that they made and they're not dating people specific I know they're not dating people specifically to have like a mixed kid like they have gone on to have different relationships but it is like really off-putting and also it just makes you think of that young me mayor tiktok where it's like people like oh like i've had this happen to me as a kid when my mom would has like cussed someone out because she is very overprotective but people will be like wow you're like a mixed breed like oh you're just like you're like superior because like it's so good to have like a mix of genetics and it's like really my mom's like my mom was just like my child is not a dog and also why did you say breed <laughs> this happened to me in elementary school so i don't really remember it but my mom kind of brought it up one time and she was like she like always tells the story to people how like mad it made her rightfully but i think kind of what you were saying before about like appearance and like I think Asian women in dating kind of have this like I don't know not that they're more statistically to be like a sexually like what word am I trying to say they just have a lot of creepy people yeah just creepy people coming at them with like really sexually explicit messages right that was um, a statistic was in this book about that. And she cites a study. I can find it really quick. But um, that with dating apps where people have to rank sort of their racial preferences, mm-hmm. mixed Asian women are the most desirable racial category, even above white women. Yeah. And you see like, like I won't get into like specific details because I can't remember what account I saw it, but it's like, there'll be times where white women will see Asian women as like competition and like get really like vindictive about it. And like, there'll be like racially motivated, um, like abuse online because of stuff like that. But I think the hyper fixation on like, uh, on um, appearance is something that I picked up on as a kid Sorry, this is not talking about dating. Just it's talking about um, kind of like seeing when like mixedness became trendy, I guess. And I think that was like really difficult for me in middle school, especially because I didn't feel like I was pretty, but I felt like people were expecting like disappointed or like expecting me to be pretty because I was mixed and it really like I had like a horrible and I, I would say this probably is just most people that at that age, but I had a really bad like self body image because of that, because I just was like, well, people are expecting me or they are always co- like commenting about like, oh, mixed people just like happen to be good looking and I'm like not a good looking mixed person. So. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. It's very, <laughs> um, I'm really sorry that you feel that way, Jessica. 
Oh, no, I love myself now, but I think in middle school and high school and, like, parts of college, I was just, like, really, like, I didn't really like dating. Well, we can edit this out. I'm going to just say this is to be edited out. But one time... Oh, are we... Are you recording right now? I thought you were brainstorming. Oh, Oh, okay. I I pressed record. No, no, this is happening. (laughs) I really like this question that Siri and Daniel drafted the how do you talk about your identity when dating? And Mm -hmm. I do want to hear from both of you. Right, how you do, how you do that, and and whether or not you feel like you have to code switch depending on who that person is, or if you try to hide it, or mm. yeah, how you talk about it, how you approach it. Yeah, I think for me, like I didn't, I'm like a perpetual girlfriend, so I mean, one long relationship to the next, but I've never really talked about my identity until kind of like we've been dating a while because I just it's something I just like live and breathe and I have the luxury of being in Los Angeles where there's just so much there's such a big melting pot that we're like always doing multicultural activities for lack of a better word but there's just like so many different types of food and just it just hasn't really come up as much as like a serious like deep dive but I also think that for me like Colin is is white and he's from the Midwest and he's just very open and easy to talk to and it's like very like I guess ally for lack of a better word he's just um he's just a good egg but very my, good egg yeah my previous uh I guess just like dating before that I mostly dated mixed people so and I think it was just like I like related to them and I don't know. We just kind of got each other without even having to say anything. So, yeah, kind of a boring answer. Not at all. I think there's always a period of time where I'm trying to kind of test the waters to see how much of myself I can reveal right away. Mm. Because I'm definitely, I'm not really interested in not being myself in a relationship. And so... I I do want to kind of know quickly, like, is this person (laughs) going to think of me in a certain way or are they going to be able to see me as a person instead of whatever stereotypes that they associate the most? Mm -hmm. So and I think in the Midwest, that's really hard because everybody has a different, a vastly different level of knowledge and openness uh, and empathy. (laughs) Mm-hmm. vastly different so uh yeah I think it takes a lot of effort to even try to make yourself known in a way that is safe and comfortable to the other person mm-hmm. let alone yourself yeah I, I think it, as I've gotten older I've been less less apologetic about it yeah and and I think, you know, through having conversations with wonderful people like you and, and being able to talk through mixed identity stuff more and more, I like know words to use and like I have words ready to, to describe myself and, and who I am and, and how I live in the Midwest mm-hmm. uh, to people to help them understand. So maybe it's just gotten easier, but I also think I've gotten less apologetic about it because I don't have time. Yeah. And I'm married now, so it doesn't matter. But um, you know, in my in my early and mid twenties, um, it was definitely like so much effort. 
when I was 20 something and I thought it would be fun to be single, um, going on Tinder and seeing what kind of messages I got really took that out of me quickly. I was like, no, this is not fun. People wouldn't even message me to be like, hi, and give me like a cheesy pickup line. They always thought I was Japanese, almost always, or they try to guess. They like message me and be like, no. Yeah, the Japanese stuff though was like so prevalent because I would get people messaging me like, oh, does your taste like sashimi? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, or like, oh, do you do like, there's a lot of like kink in Japan. So like, like Asian women get really harassed and I just look so visibly like mixed and I look, I think I look pretty Asian to most people who are not Asian. So I, I would just get like the most sexually explicit messages all the time. And I just like, I think I met up with three people on Tinder. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess, especially as I've gotten older, uh, my, one of my white cousins put it really well. And he said that being Asian is like my personality. <laughs> and I think that's kind of true in a way. And kind of rude, but also just, it's kind of true. I do feel like I'm not shy about sharing it. And maybe some people have even commented like, yeah, that was like one of the first things you told me. And do you feel like you've gotten more like, not like defensive about it, but like maybe like more expressive, expressive about it because you're in the Midwest, which is kind of like not as much of a melting pot? Yeah, actually, I think that's a really good point. I think uh, my memory's so short. I I don't remember life before I moved to the fish era. Christine's in her goldfish era. Oh my goodness! I feel like this. Um, this is the thing, especially for Asian women. And I don't know if you experienced this also, but when I was young and growing up, right, I was unattractive because I wasn't white. Like I did not meet mm. the white beauty standard. And then mm-hmm. somewhere, somehow, boom, there's some threshold that's crossed. And I don't know if that's like me going through puberty and hitting a certain age or and or mixedness becoming trendy that suddenly I was like m- way more sort of desirable and like, you know, seemed attractive to people than I had ever thought I was as a kid and like as a teen. And it was mm. so confusing because suddenly it's the uh, sort of you're getting the opposite attention, right? When you're young, you're told you're not attractive because you're not white. You're not conventionally pretty like the popular kids. That's not uh, that's not accessible to you. And then suddenly, oh, you're an Asian woman. You're the most coveted racial group. You're a mixed Asian woman. You're the most coveted racial group on dating apps. So that's so confusing. And And I think I have such a hard time and such a complicated relationship with my self-image because of that because I'm like which one what what is it which one is it (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. um, and how are people perceiving me the constant question yes and then how do I act how do I act accordingly and and how do I predict because I don't know I don't know what people are thinking Mm -hmm. yeah I think uh I guess um just talking about beauty standards in general it's just like they're not really I guess linear I feel like there's just they're always kind of changing in a way I don't know it's 
maybe this is not as related, but you know, like the Kardashians, they had their like BBLs and stuff, and they were like, I think they were blackfishing. I think there's like a big totally debate about it, and some people defend them. So don't come after me because I won't. I don't care. But they all took their BBLs out, and now they're really skinny, and people are just like, oh, we're coming back to like that 2000s era, like heroin chic look, and. It's a trend for them to modify their body, and I think that kind of ties into like like race as well. So, I think the Kardashians definitely had a huge hand in the sort of racially ambiguous as the new standard. Totally, Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner was like, I mean, I think Kim did it so that Kylie Kim Kim walked so Kylie could run, right? But. <laughs> I really do think like people forget that Kylie really she's like oh completely white and she molded herself after Kim. And picking and choosing, right? Like what you were saying, they're picking and choosing all sorts of features from different racial categories to commodify them, to literally sell them. Yeah. Their makeup, their shapewear. Yeah. They're definitely not the only ones who are guilty either i feel like uh not to name names but ariana grande has yeah you know black fishing asian fishing daniel was so upset when he found out that she was white he was like i didn't know that he was so upset he felt tricked by her (laughs) (laughs) oh do you guys have any funny dating stories I don't think I have any funny stories, tragically. I have some sad stories. (laughs) I met up with one of the three men that I met up with on Tinder. We um, went to a brewery and his Instagram was connected to his Tinder. And I was like, oh, he's cute. He's kind of got like a weird sense of humor. Just like kind of like, I kind of liked those indie boys when I was in my 20s. But yeah, I didn't really look through his Instagram, but um, we had an okay day. It was fine. We all like we liked the same like type of like random music. So I was like, that's interesting because I didn't know anyone that liked um, this band Meat Bodies. So I was like, wow, we're really hitting it off. But he did not want to go on a second date. And then I started because because of that, I started looking more at his Instagram And I saw that his girlfriend that he had just broken up with because he moved from like the East Coast to the West Coast for a job looked exactly like me. She was also a mixed Asian. And I was just like, this man has a type. Mm, Let's talk about that. He's not ready to be in a relationship. But I was just like, oh, God, dodged a bullet for sure. It just like made me think he was white, of course. It just made me think, like, of course, this guy is a type of guy that I've met over and over again in college and just, Mm. like, in L.A. in general. They'll tell me about, like, whatever sushi they like and how they know all this stuff about Korean food and, like, their favorite Korean barbecue place, blah, 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 you know. And I was just like, okay, I don't need to – I don't need this. But I think there's one thing that people get confused between, like – appropriation and appreciation and I don't feel appreciated when someone is talking down to me about like 
or trying to impress me, I guess, by spouting off every single Asian thing that they know. When I'm like, okay, Asian is not like monolithic. And um, I'm Korean, <laughs> not Japanese. Everyone thinks I'm Japanese. So I, I don't need anyone to ask me about sushi recommendations ever again, even though I know I know some good ones. <laughs> and sorry if that sounded condescending. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm just so sick of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I do feel like the falling into a pattern thing is something that I've heard a lot from other people of Asian descent, which really mm-hmm. hurts my heart. And I know, yeah, there are a couple of people on uh, that I met on Tinder who then ended up uh, dating other Asian people. And so it was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, am I falling to, into a pattern? Or maybe am, was I not Asian enough or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Oh, that one. That's real. Yeah. Because kind of going back to the what you were talking about, about like how you're being perceived, both of you guys had mentioned this. And I also have a lot of confusion when it comes to that because I feel like I hear very different things from different people. And so mm-hmm. I feel like. For me, being mixed adds kind of an extra layer of almost insecurity when it comes to, and and like that isn't to, that that is probably shared by a lot of other people who aren't just mixed or just Asian, like falling into a a stereotype, a racial stereotype or whatever, Mm -hmm. and not feeling good enough, I feel like is a universally shared experience as well when dating, but hmm yeah yeah hate to see it it kind of makes my stomach drop when I see that next person and it's like oh yeah it is such a stomach dropping moment and I feel almost ashamed that it catches me off guard sometimes and I don't know if that's sad or not but you know to have definitely had that moment where I'm out with someone that I've just met sort of and with their friends maybe and then their friends make a joke about or some offhand comment about like, oh, yeah, well, you know, so and so all your kids are going to be half Asian anyway. We all know that, you know, and then you realize, oh, my God, I'm one in a long line. Oh, they're going like, ha he's got yellow fever. And you're like, excuse me? Or they don't even like I, they don't even know that that's what it is, you know, or or they just acknowledge it as a whatever, a benign preference, which is bullshit. I'm sorry. It's racist. Uh, but, you know, that just. When you realize that and it kind of catches you off guard, I, I always hated that stomach yeah. drop. But it happens inevitably. Totally. Yeah. I know. I didn't really date, like, Colin is my first white boyfriend. So I've never really dated people who weren't Asian, I guess. They were either Asian or mixed. But I think I knew Colin was. This, the bar is in hell, but he never ever was like, what are you? <laughs> like, we were friends before we started dating, but there was never ever a point where he asked me what I was. And I was like, oh, that's just so, like, unusual. <laughs> yeah. That kind of actually makes me think of, like, some other dating stuff. It's like, I know I said over and over again I'm not Japanese, but 
I'm Korean, but I actually really, really hated being around Korean men because I was never Korean to them. And they were like, they would kind of like belittle me without really knowing me. And um, in college, I like, I joined the Japanese club with my friends because we did Japanese drumming because I was not received very kindly to the Korean club or to the Korean drumming club. And um, yeah, I feel like Korean men, especially, I don't think Korean girls were in college, at least were not like catty to me, but the men, they were just like, they'd call me like a blood trader. They like questioned my mom. I feel like there's like always like a really disgusting connotation of like, oh, your mom's Korean and married a white guy. He was in the military, huh? She's a war bride, huh? And I just was like, dude, you don't even know me. Like what a terrible, like first impression. And I don't think all Korean guys are like this. I know like some, to this day, I know some that are, that have this mentality, but there's like a lot of Korean and I would say like Chinese people too, that like really don't like Japanese people because like the stories their parents and grandparents told them about the war, you know, and like, it's pretty terrible stuff. So like, I'm not going to tell them they're right or wrong, but I just like the amount of harassment that I would get from from like Korean guys specifically would I was just like I don't know immediately just like not like threatened by them but I was just like ooh, just like get away just like red flag yeah it's terrible yeah it's like gate it's like gatekeeping kind of mentality you know it's like I'll never be Korean enough for them and that's fine like I don't want you anyways (laughs) I feel like That's kind of going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of how do you present your identity or talk about your identity when you start dating or when you're dating someone. I feel like I try to get it in quick so that I can be the one to set the to set it, you know, as opposed to like Mm -hmm. other every time someone else is assuming what I am or Mm -hmm. sort of putting their own agenda on me. And so I feel like it's kind of a race to like if I can if I can identify myself, that is the biggest liberation and I feel like we're so often robbed of that chance Mm. I feel like I'm so petty where it's like I don't want to talk about my identity to people in general unless I like know them and so like I just like I love to deny people like that knowledge because if someone is like I think it's also just because so many people that's like their first question like oh so where are you from what are you right you know i'm just like i don't know i i oftentimes would just will think of like something made up and i actually have a funny story about that too because my friend sharon and i would go out in santa monica a lot and like boys she's so beautiful that men are always just talking to her but then i'd be like kind of the secondary person to like oh Sharon's busy so I'm gonna talk to this girl I guess and they'd this guy was just like what are you blah, blah, blah. and I was like oh I'm like Laotian and German and he was like oh I knew it yeah that's always the answer isn't it they always know what'd you ask <laughs> why do they ask why did they ask if they knew it exactly <laughs> oh my goodness do you guys know anything about your parents dating I guess Cause I feel like it was such a different time and like I know my parents like dealt with a lot of people being really weird to them I think my parents I mean I don't know I don't really want to recap their entire story because that's theirs 
for them. But, you know, they met in Thailand in the 70s. Yeah, it's definitely different from how it is now, right? And Mm -hmm. my mom was like one of the very few white people in that area. And I think, you know, my dad was a poor rice farmer, came from a, a family that didn't have a lot of money. And so, and he was the oldest. So for him to marry a white lady and then move to the States was a big deal. Yeah. And so I think they had a lot of challenges that I am not allowed to speak about on the internet. <laughs> yeah, fair. But um, but yeah, I think definitely challenges that people maybe have in different ways now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was only a few, I mean, yeah, not that far from Loving versus Virginia, you know, yeah. Yeah, Loving Day was pretty recent, and I saw a lot of like, discourse about it and I know it's like specific to like a black and white relationship in the U.S. So I think on the surface level it's just like it's nice to celebrate because it's like why was why was love illegal between like like anti-miscegenation laws like why did they exist racism right it is crazy to think about that like when my parents were born it would they're like it wasn't legal for them or just like people like them to like get married. And uh, I don't know. It's just like, it's so, it's much closer than people think. So much closer. Yeah. Very close. I recall recounting my, this terrible time that I had the last time I went to France and (laughs) my father's like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of France myself. When I was there with your mother, we um, faced a lot of like kind of discriminatory behavior. Oh. Or what's the word? Um, It seemed like a lot of people were not very, they really did not appreciate their interracial relationship and like they would call ahead and then like make a reservation for like a hotel. Then they would actually show up and like, hello, we're here. And they would see them together and then be like, oh, sorry, like we don't actually have any space, even though you called ahead to make a reservation. And that happened on several occasions. Oh. Um, as just like one example of the kind of. Yeah, discrimination. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Just, I don't, right. That's so sad. They're probably trying to have a nice vacation too. So it's upsetting. My parents actually met in high school in Philly. And my mom was like, yeah, there was four Asians in our high school. And everyone always got us confused and we didn't look like. <gasps> and I was like, great, great. Love that. And, um, my dad's Jewish, so there was like a huge um, kerfuffle about my dad not not dating a Jewish girl or continuing the Jewish bloodline because they my parents ended up getting married, obviously because I am here, and um, I don't think they had an easy go of things, but I also will not like go into details about their love life. But 
Um, it's just so, I just think it's so resilient of them that they like were really, maybe not like the first people in like a mixed relationship, but I know they dealt with like a lot of people just like maybe being curious, maybe not approving. And um, luckily my grandpa on my dad's side, like loved my mom and they had a really good relationship. My grandma on my dad's side, not so much. And my grandparents on my mom's side loved my dad. So like they had that support, which I think was like maybe unusual at the time, but also just like really helped them have a good, healthy relationship. It was weird to hear them talk about when they were kids because they were like, yeah, we had a lot in common. Like we like Jewish and Korean cuisine kind of like goes well together. So like my dad really liked kimchi and like Jewish cuisine has like pickles and like braised beef and that kind of stuff. And um, there's some, like some, I guess they would just do like a lot of food and culture mixing because um, the food, they liked each other's food. I don't know if you guys watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> yes, I love that show. Yeah, it is such a good show. And she actually has an Asian love interest and she's Jewish. But I went to um, her live show of River um, before the pandemic and she sang a bunch of like original songs and there was like the funniest. I like laughed so hard that I was crying. But it was it was just talking about like Jewish guy. <laughs> I can't remember what the lyric, I have to look it up. It was like, has a Japanese girlfriend, Jewish guy, Asian girlfriend. And I was like, that's kind of how people would like react to my mom and dad sometimes too, because there's like a stereotype that like Jewish guys and like could always find an Asian girlfriend in New York or yeah. Anyways, that's all I, I kind of wanted to talk about. Yeah. And that concludes our second episode. We're talking about dating and other tangents because we can't help ourselves. I hope some of these stories were funny. <laughs> Hopefully not so triggering. And yeah, Christine, do you would you like to say goodbye? Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs>